Last week, Connor did an amazing job in talking about gratitude. If you haven't heard the series, I encourage you to check it out. This is a series on stewardship, biblical, not worldly, biblical stewardship in all arenas of life. And last week, it was about thanksgiving and gratitude, and it was phenomenal. I want to pray as we dive into the Word. I do want to pray a certain way this morning. There's a guy in the church, a brother in the Lord, who is battling for his life uh, at Kootenai Medical Center. And I also want to pray for, I call him Cheese, uh, Jeff Cheeseboro, uh, who is, he has a battle within himself also. Can we pray as we dive into the word and pray for those two? Father, thank you for this time and thank you that you do hear our prayers. We lift up our two brothers to you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that you died for our sin, but you also were striped for our healing. You went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, and God was with you. Father, I lift up Darren to you right now and just ask God for a miracle in Kootenai County Medical. We're not going to be scared to pray for a miracle because you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Father, we lift up also Cheese and just pray that you touch Cheese's body. God, touch him, raise him up, God. We, we declare resurrection life to both of these situations in Jesus' name. And everyone said, today is called the D word. The D word. It's not a curse word. It's actually a blessed word. The D word stands for discipline. I want you to say that with me, discipline. I want you to say it with me again, discipline. I want you to get used to that word because it's a beautiful word. It's a powerful word. It's a word that should be in our vocabulary and it should be a word that is activated in our life. We should be people who are disciples and who are disciplined. Now, those are two kind of old school words that I believe that shouldn't be old school. I believe they should be alive and active in our vocabulary because Jesus didn't call just 12 disciples or, or, or 12 kind of application Christians. I fill out application, my religion is Christianity. No, he called 12 disciples. And those disciples are, guess what? people who are disciplined. They're students, wholehearted followers of Jesus Christ. And I got a word for you today. If you're not a disciple, I want to I I encourage you and shake you up a little bit. God's never called us to be anything less than disciples. Did you know that? I'm, I'm not very convinced that you knew that. You need to know that God calls you this day to be a disciple. Go into all the world, make disciples. And so with that is people who live disciplined life. If you're going to be a, an amazing good steward uh, of your life in any area, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to take discipline. If you own a business, you know right now it takes discipline. If you raise kids, you know it takes discipline. If you have higher, higher education, whatever you do in life, it takes this D word called discipline. I want to talk about that today. Here's a few quotes. Discipline is the key to success. Key to success. Under that is another quote, a small key opening many large doors. And it will. Discipline can open amazing large doors on your behalf. Undisciplined person can uh, get some doors shut in your face. Theodore Roosevelt said, with self-discipline, most anything is possible. It takes this D word, 
discipline to get a budget started, but it also takes discipline to continue and follow that budget. It takes discipline if you're going to create a family night, but it also takes discipline uh, to steward that family night and continue on with that family night. I want to do a quick review, see how many of you remember this. Who owns everything? Who owns everything? Who owns you? And who owns all the stuff? If that's true, then what, what, make, what does that make you? A steward. Hopefully a good steward. Amen? God's all about that. I mean, if you think about uh, the, the parable with the talents, the, the one talent, the dude didn't lose a dime. Didn't lose a dime. He just didn't invest it. The five doubled it. The one with 10 doubled it, all based in money. Talents, that's what it is. And so what did God do? Well, not God, that's not true. It was the, the, the business guy who went on a long trip, came back, and he took from the one, this is not very fair in culture and society. He took from the one and gave to the one with the 20. Why? Because the one with the 20 was a good steward in all that he did. And so God calls you and I to be good steward. It takes stewardship in order to have a good work ethic, to live a healthy life, to not quit in life. It takes discipline. It takes being a good, good steward. It takes discipline for you to show up to church on a rainy day and commit it to a city group throughout the week. How many of you went to a city group this week? Raise your hand. We got, got a lot of work to do, amen, but we're still, we still moving towards that, ain't we, brother? Amen. They, 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 hey, 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 hey. They met from the temple, and they met house to house. If you're going to soar, you know the rest of the story. It takes discipline to, to raise your kids, and you, people ask, uh, you, make your, you make your kids go to church? Would you, do you think you should make your kids go to church? Did you make your kids go to school? <laughs> did, did you? Or even if it's online or even if it's homeschool, you, you, you made that, you encouraged that, right? So I don't think I need to say anything else about that right there. So <laughs> discipline is not legalism. It's actually like a interstate, a highway to freedom and liberty. I lived for years a crazy, undisciplined life, free to do whatever I wanted to do. And you know what that freedom brought me? It brought me chaos. A life that is centered around discipline, you'll have true freedom, true liberty. Matter of fact, there's a book called, Celebra is it Celebrate or Celebration of Discipline? celebration of this. Why? Because the understanding of disciplines actually leads you to freedom and liberty. And so we're going to talk about that today. How many know it takes discipline when it comes to your words that come out of your mouth? Oh, come on, go with me, church. You married, you know, you know what it takes. If you married, you know exactly you don't be saying everything you think sometimes, right? That's discipline. How about your thoughts? I've said it before. I'll say it again this morning. Thoughts come in. That bird lands on your head. You don't have to allow it to make a nest. 
That nest, you don't have to have, that little bird don't have to have little chicklings up there in your head, pooping on your brain. You feeling me? It's, listen, it's up to you to be disciplined of bringing thoughts into captivity, capturing them and casting those down, even in the area of heart, in the area of worship. You know, might be my personality, but I'm allergic to a couple of things. One thing I'm allergic to is all of a sudden you come to church and it feels like people taking some type of silent pill before they walk in. But you go to Capone's and people are going crazy over a football game. I'm like, what's up with that? So let me just encourage you. When you go to dinner, how many of you go to dinner like this? You go, I'm going to go to dinner. I'm going to sit down at the table and you put your hands in your pocket. You're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat. How many of you eat this way? Anybody do that? Just like, you know, I think there's different positions for, for different things. I don't position myself at the dinner table like this, man. I'm like this right here. I'm just ready to eat, right? Don't come into worship like this. Uh, heart creative, uh, go ahead and see. I'm, I'm a, see, I'll give you one to 10 today. See how you do. A concert, little, you know, I, uh, that's not work. We come to worship. There's a reason we clap our hands. There's a reason we lift our hands. All Bible, there's a reason why we might cut a little rug. It's all Bible. It's all biblical. And if you just sit on the outside and watch, you'll look and you'll go, those people are crazy. They're nuts. What are they doing? Why would they do it? That's exactly what they did with my brother, King David. Look at him. Swirling and twirling and in your priestly garment. Well, you need to enter into worship because God wants to meet with you. And we, that's, that's for free this morning. That's for free. I want to talk to you about four areas that I think God really wants us to focus on. There's all kinds of areas we need to be good stewards of. I just want to just talk about four of them today that I think that we need to be good stewards and disciplined in. And so a lot of times we like to blame, blame the, the devil, the wrong D, the wrong devil, the devil, the, D, the other D word. Instead of discipline, it's like, oh, my belly hurts. Devil, I bind you in Jesus' name. But you just ate three dozen of donuts. <laughs> it ain't the devil's fault. Oh, I didn't have time to seek God. I just did. I just, I just so wore out, Pastor Jeff. I did, what'd you do? I gained for eight hours, but I didn't have time to seek God. That's, that's not the devil. That's discipline. Well, the first area that I want to just touch on this morning that I think that we need to be good stewards in and discipline in is our relationship with God. I think that we need to be amazing stewards when it comes to seeking the face of God, being sons and daughters. Come on. God wants to meet with you, but he wants you to meet with him. He wants us to be amazing stewards in this area, and it takes discipline. I, I woke up this morning all night long. I kept thinking about this verse. At least, you know how you are in sleep. You think it's all night long. You kind of dream it. You wake up. It's the first. So I went to the Bible. I said, I'm going to find this verse this morning, and I knew it was for this segment, and I knew it was for me, and it comes from Psalms 27 verse 8 it says this when you said seek my face my heart said to you your face Lord I will seek 
See, God wants a response from you and I. When he says, seek me, you know what he wants to hear from you? I'm going to seek you, God. This is an area of discipline in my life. This is a place I'm going to be a good steward. I'm going to seek and I'm, I'm going to ask and I'm going to knock and I'm going to wait on you because I want my heart to burn for you. If, not, if I'm not hungering for you, God, it's not your fault. Something's wrong with me and I want to I want to get my hunger on again. I, I got to seek you. I got to know you, God. Your face... I will seek. God wants us to be amazing steward when it comes to our relationship with him. I have to make a decision to get my hiney out of the bed in the morning to seek his face. You think I always want to get up? Are you, are you kidding? I don't go to bed at 1 o'clock because I want to get up early. In the, and by the way, I never want to, at 54, I never want to go to bed at 1 o'clock anymore. <laughs> but back in the day... Because I can't go to bed at one and get up and seek his face. I'm all delirious and kind of dizzy and don't, you know, kind of ornery too. <laughs> because I'm, I'm a disciple. And that's okay to say. Because you're a disciple. And we're to live disciplined lives. And that's okay. Because, come on, come on. God wants us to be a people after his own heart. And if that, for that to accomplish, I want to let you know, he wants us to seek him. He wants us to know him. He wants us to put our disciplines into action so that we can live good stewards when it comes to knowing him. Picking up your cross daily is a discipline. It's part of being a, a steward, reading God's word on a daily basis. God, give me this day my monthly moldy bread. <laughs> That's not what it says. I will preach this till the, is it chickens or dogs come home? Cows. Cows. <laughs> I will preach this till the chickens and the dogs and the cows come home. <laughs> Preach what, J.O.? You need to be in the Word every day. Every day. Not once a week, not on Sundays. Mondays, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's the Word of God. It's the living Word. There's nothing more powerful. If you want to hear from God, get in His Word because He's speaking. We have to be disciplined. We got to be good stewards of being his. Give us this day our daily. daily. Ain't nothing like going into a bakery, yo, and they got <laughs> sourdough cooking up. They cut you a piece off, throw a slab of real butter on there. It melts and you're like, yes, I, mm, <laughs> daily bread. The word of God. We need to be disciplined in that. Disciplined in our worship. Come on, coming into the house of God, not waiting on heart creator to perform and put on a show for you. Like, oh, let's see what you got today. No, 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 no. We come to worship. Come on, we, we need to worship him. He's, wor I don't feel like it yet. When did it become anything about you? Worship's nothing about you. It's nothing about me. It's about him. And it's a discipline. And it's us being a good steward in our re relationship with him. Discipline when it comes to the Great Commission. We're responsible for the great commission, the preaching of the gospel. It's not for three or four people on staff. It's for every person that's called. We're called. We're every one of us called. We're to be good stewards of the great commission of preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm going to be a great steward of, of my faith. Faith comes from hearing 
and hearing, hearing and hearing. I want to hear it in here. I need to hear it in my faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. I got to be a steward of faith growing in my life. Good stewards. Got to be a good steward when it comes to church attendance. Coming, being in worship with other people. And, and, you know, I think the devil likes to do this with certain words. Like at, back in the 90s, let me give you some words you probably remember if you're old enough. How many of you remember rad? <laughs> you know, how many of you remember rad, man? When I was a youth pastor, it was rad, man. Rad. How, how many of you remember this? What's up? What's up? This is Southern right here. What up, cuz? Did y'all have that out west? What's up, guys? All these words that are kind of fatty now, it's fake news and Twitter and hashtag and all those different things. And, I, I, you know, they come and come and go. But some words shouldn't come and go. You know what the devil tries to do with certain powerful words like discipline and disciple and good stewards? He wants to do the same thing with the word, with those words as he does the Bible. Oh, it's old. It's not relevant. It's not true. And you know what all those things are? A bunch of stinking lies. The Bible is relevant. It is true. I can't make the Bible. Oh, I can. I, 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 I can. I don't want to. I don't want to make the Bible fit my sin or my lifestyle. Because I can. Oh, I can get the word. I can work that Greek word. I work, 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 work. work. Yeah, 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 yeah. To fit me? No, 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 no. I want the word, I want to read it for black and white, what it is, and live according to God's word. That's free today. Got to be disciplined when it comes to our relationship. Good stewards. Next part, number two, stewards in the areas of our families. I want to be a good steward when it comes to me being a husband, dad, and granddad. We want to be a good steward. We want to be grand. We want to be a, a good papa and ama. We want to we want to be a good dad and mom. We want to be good. I, when it comes to my wife, I, I said something like this: "You'll be my beautiful wife. I'll I'll love you to cherish you uh, in sickness and health and riches and poor and in ups and downs and all over town and all those things that we say when it comes to covenant. I said those things, and I need to be a good steward that of that. I need to be a a a." a, a, a a, dis a disciplined person when it comes to stewardship and my relationship with my wife. Or it could be your husband. I I'm there to love her and cherish her and buy her little gifts and, and protect her and, and provide for her. Why? Because I'm a steward. I'm disciplined. I want to live that. I am a disciple. Jesus is number one in my life. And by the way, I got a hot wife that I love. <laughs> But are you feeling me? Sometimes, guys, we, need to, we just need to pull up our big Duluth underwear and be the men of God that God calls you to be. I was driving down Spokane to the valley the other day. There's a big Duluth training mark there on the right. You know what I'm saying? You need to pull up them stinking, oh, they don't stink. Pull up those Duluth underwear, right? And be the men, come on, good stewards, discipline, men and women. We need to be those stewards, not just with our wives and our spouse. Who's going to pray for your wife or husband like you do? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. And not just with your wife or husband, also your kids. Who's going to 
Who's going to pray for your kids the way that you pray for your kids? Who's going to train your kids or should be training your kids like you train your kids? I'm thankful for teachers. I'm thankful for coaches. And I'm thankful for youth pastors. Thankful for all those. But I'm going to tell you right now. Ain't nobody going to train them like I'm going to train them. Ain't nobody going to train them like Ray Dean's going to train them. Why? Because God's put them into our care to train them and to raise them up. And I got to be a good steward with my family. I got to be a good steward with my kids. Don't rely on everybody in the village to do it if you're not doing it. Amen. Are you with me this morning? Good stewards when it comes to our relation. Ain't nobody going to pray for your kids and stand in the gap and fight for your kids like you're going to fight for them. Don't look, no, don't look to nobody else to do that. Want to be good stewards, discipline with our families. We want to be number three, good stewards with, when it comes to our finances. Give, spend within your means. That's being a good steward. I want to I talk to you. I, you know, I think about, you would be shocked what happens in my office sometime. Might be a couple in there, and all literally war, war, three breaks out. Four, five, atomic, H-bomb. <laughs> Why? Well, a lot of it has to do with finances. Broken expectations. Finances. So important that we live a disciplined life. You ought to read that book. Disciplined life when it comes to our finances. Let me, let me read a story or a scripture this morning, and let me just challenge you with it. Just go with me for a minute. Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. Oh, Jay, oh, Jay, I've heard that before. Just, just go with me. Just go, just go with me. For either you will hate one and love the other, or else you will be loyal to the one and despise the other. That tells me I better have ears to hear right here what's going on. You cannot serve God and mammon. You hear about the spirit of mammon. Your translation may say money. When Craig preached, you learned that mammon was a false idol. Spirit of mammon, what exactly does that look like in our lives? Because it can sound pretty spiritual like spirit of mammon. What does that look like? What does that sound? What is... How many of you ever heard the term, uh, keeping up with the Joneses? You heard that term, just raise your left hand. Good, thank you. Keeping up with the Joneses was from a little comic strip of 1919 through 1939, and it was all about the powerful need to focus on lives and spending our lives on impressing others. Little, little comic strip, impressing others. Others. What does the spirit of mammon look like in our life? In this book, there's a quote. He says it a couple times. I think it's very powerful. It says this, to spend money we don't have, to buy things we don't need, and to impress people we don't like. <laughs> Is, am I, are you being seduced in any form to the spirit of mammon? I know that I have before. Be the first one to commit it. Not, not to commit it, but confess it. Hopefully not to commit it. <laughs> to spend money on things we don't have, on things we don't need, to impress people we don't even like. Spirit of mammon. If you try to fill your lives, fill a hole in your life, try to find fulfillment, joy, happiness in stuff, in buying 
Maybe it's bigger, better, newer, more, bigger boat, bigger car, more, I don't know, house, more expensive, whatever it is, here's, 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 here's the catch. If you do that constantly in order to fulfill your life, to be full of joy, which goes away in about three days. You ever had buyer's remorse? Yeah. You're like, I listened to that salesman! <laughs> right? Well, what is empowering that? What, what is behind that? What, what causes that in our lives? Well, I think a lot of it, you have to be careful not to be tricked by spirit of mammon. Listen to this. Don't look to anything on this earth for happiness. Don't look to anything on this earth for fulfillment. Quote, the spirit of mammon, most effective and sedu seductive lie is that money or more stuff will make me happy. So you can just kind of see, you can put a pulse on it. Everything that I just said, a bigger boat, bigger house, more cars, motorcycle, shoes, clothes. Do you know that there's nothing wrong? There's not one thing wrong with any of those things. If you have a boat as big as a sanctuary and you can afford it and you got it legally, then you should invite, then you should invite me on it. I'd love to, I'd love, dude, I'd love to cruise on it. You got a private jet? I'd love to take a trip on it. You know what I'm saying? If God's blessed you with that and you did it legally and man, you, it's not behind a spirit of mammon. There's nothing wrong with new shoes or skinny pants or any of the, nothing wrong with any of that. There's just stuff. But if the motive is that that's where you get your joy, that's where you get your peace, that's where you get fulfillment, and you buy the jet, and you got to get the next jet, and you got to get the next, you, uh, uh, if, 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 oh, more, 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 got to get, 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 get. What is, you might be looking at a spirit of mammon seducing you. And guess what? It's never, you, you'll never get fulfillment. You can read stories on extremely rich people who stink and hate life. Who does, they're not happy. I've seen kids in, in other nations that's pumped up about a soccer ball, yo. Soccer ball! Be careful with the spirit of mammon. Contentment. Say that with me, contentment. The state of happiness and satisfaction. The state of happiness and satisfaction. Contentment is attacked by this world in order to try to get you to feel discontent. I think a lot of advertisement could be there to do, you know, not just, just, just you know, I got to be honest with you, a nice new car pulls up beside me. I'm like, oh, wow, that's pretty nice. I got to be careful because God wants me to be content. I got a great car. I got a great house. I got a great, man, I'm so stinking blessed. But like the other day I was listening, it was a really cool story. 
It was a cool story about these grandparents that's got a very cool house. And I'm like, dang, that's cool. And they, they, they set it up for their grandchildren. And all of a sudden, grandchildren do all this. And I'm like, that's a cool house. And then I started doing this thing. I was like, oh, I don't, I'm a grandparent now, and I don't have none of that stuff in my house. None of it. You know what I did? I started comparing. Say that word with me, comparing. comparing. You need to watch that. You know what comparing will do? Comparing is like the absolute demon when it comes to contentment. Oh, I don't have those shoes. I don't have that car, that house, that boat, that what, that, that. And all of a sudden, you'll be this other word, discontent. And then you might spend for the wrong reasons, and it might have an influence of the spirit of mammon behind. It doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor, a spirit doesn't care. Are you following me today? First Timothy 6, 6-7. Now godliness and contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing to this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. The state of happiness and satisfaction. Bob Dylan. How many times have you heard someone say, if I had his money, I'd do things my way. Mm. But little they know mm, that it's so hard to find. One rich man in ten with a satisfied mind. Once I was waiting in fortune and fame. Everything that I dreamed of for to get a start in life's game. Then it finally happened. I lost every dime. But I'm richer by far with a satisfied mind. Money can't buy back your youth when you're old or a friend when you're lo lonely or love that's grown cold. The wealthiest person is a pauper at times compared to the man with a satisfied mind. When my life is ended and my time is run out, my friends and my loved ones, I'll leave, there's no doubt. But one thing's for certain when it comes my time, I'll leave this old world with a satisfied mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> let your conduct, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he, we love to use this part of the scripture. We love to use it. He, for he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. We wear that scripture out, that part of it. But don't forget the other part. Conduct without covetousness. Be content. Tell yourself right now, just look at yourself, nobody else, just tell yourself right there. Just say, be content. Oh, that's joy. <laughs> that's happiness. Be content. My last one is this. Number four, physical health. Say that with me, physical health. J-O, you can go there. Yeah, I have to. Because I pray for people all the time that are sick, diseased, dying, all kinds of things going on. Can we help with some of those things? I think that people die prematurely. I think it happens all the time. What do you mean by that, Jay? Can you prove it biblically? I think so. Lazarus, you ever heard of a guy named Lazarus? 
If he didn't die prematurely, why would Jesus ever raise him from the dead? I think people die prematurely all the time. So I'm not here, feel my, hear my heart. I'm not here to cut off your ears today. I'm not here to kick you in your guts. And I'm not here to condemn you, okay? This is something that I have to practice and watch all the time. I want to eat about five pounds of gummy worms. <laughs> I do. And I ain't blaming it on the devil because I know it's me. But we have to live disciplined lives. First Timothy 4, 8, for bodily exercise profits a little. Everyone say profits a little. And as soon as we hear that, oh, it just profits a little. I might well go through the buffet line buffing my body for the fifth time. It does profit a little. And I think if Paul lived in this day and time, he might say it profits a lot. You know why? Because a, a, a day journey in Jesus' day on their feet was 20 to 25 miles. I, I think I'll just, uh, Daddy Joseph, I'm going to walk to uh, the mall in, in, in the valley. How many, who, who's walked 20, 25 miles in a day lately? Wonderful. I didn't say ever, I said in a day. I mean, good. Most people who hike only get about 18 to 27 miles or something like that in a day. I mean, they're just hiking, just like. And so I think Paul might would maybe write that differently. I don't know. It's up to him and God. Because this is our hike. Oh, I got, I got to hike to the fridge. <laughs> got to hike to my car to go to work and then I'm going to go catch, catch a jet I, I, I'll drive to the air I got a long walk from the parking lot to get in my jet and it wasn't like that in the day of Jesus are you following me? and so I think we need to be very careful with that to be good stewards of our body because God wants you to live a I think a blessed life and to live life to its fullness and to live life to where he wants you to live it out to the full days that he's given you and so I just think it's important let me read this scripture do you not know that the temple of God that you do you not know that you are the temple of God and the spirit of God dwells in you if anyone defiles the temple of God God will destroy him for the temple of God is holy which temple are you are we Man, if somebody over there, if somebody in church is smoking crack, be like, dude, you smoking crack all up in the house of God? You slamming heroin all up in the house of God? But we wouldn't be as bad if they're eating five pizzas. Right? I'm not slamming. I like pizza. Don't get me wrong. I like pizza a lot. Hear my heart is that in our culture, we look at different things when biblically speaking, in, in, in Proverbs, you'll see alcohol and gluttony all in one verse. Are you a glutton? I, I don't know. You have to take that before the Lord. Here's my heart, is that we be aware of it, that look, look, you and I be good stewards of our bodies. What, what would you suggest I do, Jay? There's so much that you can learn in the area of eating. There's so much that you can learn in the area of exercise. I would encourage you, first of all, say this with me, begin. Yeah. Begin with something. Don't wait till January 1st and come into my gym. 
You can, but I wouldn't suggest that because you usually make it to about February 1st. Don't do it just because it's January 1st. Do it because it's the right thing to do. And you, oh, come on, Chris, he's in the gym. I see Chris almost every evening. It's the right thing to do. Jay, I don't want to go to the gym. Fine. You can walk. Jay, I, I really am struggling right now. I, I don't do good walking. Here, I got really good news for you. Listen, start moving. Move and move any way that you can. Stay mobile, stay moving, stay moving, stand up, get it going, uh, get a goal, write it down, run with it, keep your eyes on the goal. You can learn so much when it comes to eating and when it comes to exercise. You don't have to. I like to go to a gym. Everyone's not like me. You know, I like to go there. I'm, I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to get it done. In the gym. But you don't have to go to the gym. I'm saying begin something in the area when it comes to look, 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 look. Don't put me out right now because you're talking about physical health, J.O. and church. Well, why can't I'm going to talk about sex in church, porn in church, marriage in church, raising kids in church. We're going to talk about everything in church. Rated PG-13, sometimes it might be. But I think we need to talk about things that are very important instead of coming to the altar, which I do want you to come to the altar and get prayer. There's people in this room that has sicknesses and challenges and problems that has nothing to do with their exercise and their diet, and I get that. I'm just trying to help those who possibly, if it's in the area of exercise and diet, that you would look at and be good stewards. Amen? Is that fair? I like what the message says right here. This is what the, look at what the message says. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined life in God is far more uh, so, making you fit both today and forever. 